Hello and welcome to the Non-Tech Founders Podcast, fortnightly conversations about running a business as a non-technical founder. I'm Laura. And I'm Nathan. Join us as we navigate the developed, dominated world of entrepreneurship, bootstrapping and beyond. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about shiny object syndrome and dealing with a lack of focus as an entrepreneur. But first, (laughs) I think we are going to just give a little bit of an update as to what we're up to. Yeah, I think I think we're due an update, aren't we? We haven't done one yet. Yeah, we haven't done one at all. So nobody knows where we are, what we're doing. <laughs> so it makes what sense. we're working on. Yeah. So, do you what, want... about, so what, are you, what are you up to? Let's go with you. Let's go with yeah. you. What are you up to, right, Laura? Then. So I am actually just about to launch the client portal website redesign. Oh, cool. I say launch it. I'm not really launching it because it's, I've only actually designed like three or four pages, but it's a complete redesign. And it was meant to go live yesterday, but I don't know what happened with the developers I use there. It's it's not. So it should be um, <laughs> any day now. It should be imminent. Um, but I'm not really going to announce it because the other half of the website is still the old brand and, you know, people will think it's broken or something. But I'm doing it in these small increments because I want to get something out because the current website really... I'm super embarrassed about it. Like it's so old and I threw it together quickly before Client Portal was really a thing. Is it Um, the original website still? It's almost the original. It's like version two, but the original was just this HTML one page thing that's awful. And then this is like the second version that I still threw together super quickly right at the very beginning and it hasn't changed. And I can't actually edit it at all. So there's there's nothing I can really do with the website. And it's just, I can't believe it's taken me this long to uh, redesign it. What's it built on? um, It's a WordPress website. um, Okay. But it's not like a proper theme. So it's just like... I had one of those years ago. (laughs) (laughs) It's impossible. If you're non-technical, it's impossible. Yeah, I can sort of hack together little bits, but it always looks awful. And considering I'm a designer, it's just embarrassing and a lot of people buy client portal because they like the way it looks they want something that's that's well designed and um, I actually got an email yesterday so I checked my um, client portal inbox it's still in the inbox now of someone saying by the way your uh, homepage on your website doesn't do this tool justice (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah and it killed me because I was like oh this was meant to be live yesterday uh oh shit yeah that's, and how long is this? Crazy. How long has this redesign taken you? Be honest. Um, I started it at the beginning of the year, so in January. Wow! Um, it's now October. I thought it would be. And bear in mind, this isn't a big. Re- <laughs> this is a few pages. It's been ready for the most part. There's just there's a lot of stuff you have to do when you do a redesign. Like, I've got a lot of different industries that use Client Portal, so it was just freelancers and agencies, and now we've got so many law firms, accountants, all this different stuff that I'm having to put together case studies for and content for and it's airy industries that I'm not that familiar with myself so it's really hard to do these example portals I'm trying to it, mm. it's just I put it off a little oh, okay. bit to be honest okay so it's not just redesigning the landing page so to speak it's not just the home page you've 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 added sort of uh client types and and pages based on that right yeah exactly so eventually every industry is going to have its own landing page but on the home page I've got like a carousel that sort of whizzes through them and 
each industry needs a a portal example attached to it. So it's just like little things like that that have just taken me a really long time. And I've been redesigning the checkout um, and then the back end of the, you know, people's account area because it was awful Mm. before. And some people say, why are you bothering doing that? But, you know, I want it to I want it to be really easy to use for people who have bought client portal. And I'm really happy with it. It's just uh, I can be a little bit of a perfectionist at times and it's been dragging on a little bit too long now so i'm really excited for the first half to go live and then i've just got to start the second half so maybe this time <laughs> next year <laughs> oh that's awesome well well done on getting that done at last anyway yeah that's thank one you. thing one less thing and something else to feel good about right yeah exactly it's good i feel like my first update is like a pretty good update website redesign that's great so awesome. um, but yeah how about you so, what have you been up to yeah I'm, I'm flat out at the moment on well i'm flat out Primarily on Feature Flux, which is the the SaaS that I'm currently getting built as a, I'm getting the MVP built now. Um, so the last couple of weeks, I've definitely been busy finishing off sort of designs, getting the prototyping set up, and I still have to write out some documentation actually to to send over to the, the developer. So that's been kind of my main focus the last couple of weeks, and it's been quite exciting as well. I finished all the customer development interviews a couple of weeks ago. And then nice. based on that, I was able to sort of make all these uh, final decisions and, and what's going to make into the MVP and what isn't. So that's cool. That's exciting. So hopefully within a week, I'm going to have something to look at. Um, the developer wanted to start off with the Figma integration as that was possibly going to bring up, could be some potential roadblocks, you know. So I wanted to start with the the, the kind of tricky stuff. Uh, so apparently that was a breeze, which is fantastic to hear. Um, I think it's one of the perks of, uh, one of the benefits of, of hiring a, a senior developer. I think that's something we can talk about again in the future is the whole, you know, you get what you pay for kind of thing. Junior devs, senior devs, and while junior devs, same as junior designers, you know, while they can save you a lot of money, it can also end up taking them an awful lot more time. Um, yeah. So you kind of end up, you know. But uh, yeah, so that's something I'm feeling really good at. And then the other thing I've got going on is I'm still trying and I'm kind of dragging my feet on the whole book, re- the book writing for What the UX. I actually emailed my list beginning of the week or was it the end of last week, I think, end of last week with um, a chapter outline. Even though I've already written the book pretty much, I started reading how to, how to write useful books uh, by the same guy that wrote, uh, wrote uh, The Mom Test. Um, yep. And while I couldn't really get on board with the mom test, I know controversial. I actually, uh, I actually really enjoyed uh, write useful books. So I've taken a step back and I've stopped writing. So I've sent out this this draft list of, of chapters just to see if it resonates with the people on my list, see if there's anything that they think is missing or what I might need to include and and all that stuff. So I got to be honest though, I'm really dragging my feet on on finishing writing the book, and it's just writing a book's a pain. You know, it's, it's for me a at lot least of because. Work. They, it's a lot of work and then you get to that point where it's like, oh, is that enough? What else do I need to add? Is there stuff missing? Is there too much? Is it too short? Is it too long? <laughs> you know, it's yeah. Just, it's, it's so all hard stuff. finding the balance because you don't want you don't want a book that's full of filler, but at the same time, mm. you don't want people to say, well, this could have been a blog post. Yeah. One of the things that resonated me most, what that resonated most from the book, uh, Write Useful, uh, how to write useful books. I think it was called that, something along those lines. Just make the, the chapters sh- short enough that they can get to the value as quickly as possible. If it's taking a reader too long to get to you know, the value of that chapter, then cut it out. 
just cut it all out until they, you know, the quicker they can get to that point of value, the better, obviously with non, non-fiction sort of books. So yes, yeah, so that's where I am with that and other things in the pipeline, but that's pretty much what's going on at the moment. So uh, yeah. yeah. So- oh, and trying to build content as well for Feature Frogs because I want there to be content on there before the product is launched. That's what I did with Nusi back in 2014. So before the product even existed, there was already traffic. Um, and it's something I want to try and emulate and in fact do a bit better this time. So I'm yeah. trying to make a move on that. Yeah. Is that like a blog? Yeah, it's going to be a blog for now. I've been reaching out for people all over Twitter to get help with this. You know, like I said, I've been away for a long time uh, and I actually reached out to Ruben Gamis. Um, a lot of people probably know him from BidSketch and Signwell. And he told me to reach out to ex-employees of ex-marketing employees of businesses who work in a similar space. And in this case, product management. So I just reached out to all the uh, ex-marketing people I could find on LinkedIn and just introduced myself and said, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a broke bootstrapper, building a SaaS, trying to get a head up, uh, you know, um, head start on marketing. Would you be up for helping out? And, and I've, had, I've had calls with people where they've spent like half an hour of their time telling me about marketing strategies, what worked best with product managers. Unbelievable. Right? Just people giving up their time completely for free, don't know me from Adam. And it's, so it's been fantastic. So I've been able to sort of build up some great ideas around that. Yeah, that's really impressive considering I would imagine these people get requests like that a lot. So yeah. there must have been something about the message you sent or I don't know. Yeah, maybe who you I are, don't know. But... I was surprised as well about the you know the number of people. I didn't write to a huge number of people and, and the returns were probably maybe sort of about 20% on the people I contacted. But I think given the sort of cold out- outreach aspect of LinkedIn, which is always horrible, I think it was pretty good. And and the overwhelming sort of response I got was content is still king, you know, still writing content that fits uh, a search need of, in my case, product managers. So, yeah, yeah I need to That's really not what I want to Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, difficult. I struggle so much with writing content. I actually enjoy writing and I think I'm an okay writer, but... Uh, You're a yeah. great writer. You are. Oh, thank you. Well, it's my, um, some, I think... If you if you follow me, you'll probably know that I have RSI in my arm, wrist kind of right arm. And so I can't type for very long at all without, I can't mm-hmm. type or text. It makes writing content really hard. I've tried a bunch of different things. Like um, I've tried hiring someone to write content, but I didn't want just generic cookie cutter content. I wanted it to be it's difficult. the expertise. And I'm like, well, how can I outsource me? And then I've tried dictating my content so speaking it but I am a better writer than I am speaker and I just didn't I think if I went for it and really did it every day maybe it would have got better it was just too uncomfortable and I was like oh this is just not even a good article so I haven't published anything I've tried like outlines and oh yeah I that's that's one of my massive pain points literally is um content because yeah, i just I th- can't see a way around it i'm not great i at think video. some people for some for some people it just flows and they can literally bang out you know a thousand word 1500 word article in you know half an hour it just flows and that's it but for me it takes me ages because yeah. i go back over it and back over it and i doubt it and i rethink it and it would literally take me days and days to write you know a 1500 2000 word article 
So it takes yeah. me a very long time to get yeah, anything Yeah, with all like the editing, done. I'm the same. I edit a lot. My husband can just write an article and it's, it's never, never even been looked over and it's amazing. But yeah, I have to edit. It's only after editing that it's, um, it goes well. Well, so how many products do you have to do you have to write for? Because you know we're looking at sort of focus today and sort of shiny objects and all that. How many products or services or projects could you potentially be writing for? Quite because a lot. That, because that changes things as well, right? We're not just yeah. talking one product. I mean, that's the other thing. It's a good segue, by the way. Um, Thank you. So I've got <laughs> I've got client portal, which is the main thing. I've got design academy, which is my design course for developers, and then there's project pack, which is it's more for the client portal audience. It's documents and templates for freelancers and agencies. I feel like I have something else as well. Were you, oh. were you doing that with Brennan? Um, yes. So that's also part of W Freelancing, which is another thing, which is a company oh, okay. we are sort of revamping now and getting back to where it was because it, it was doing really well at one at some point, and then we've sort of let it. I think it I, slide I think I was in one of the first co- cohorts, like way back. Oh, really? Way, way, way back when, yeah. Oh, nice, yeah. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, so there's that as well, which I actually forgot about. And then um, I've recently started a design retainer, so I do, I actually, I've got back into client work a bit, which is so random, um, and I'm not even <laughs> sure, well, actually, I do know why I'm doing it, but yeah, it's it's just another thing that I'm doing, and I, I'm actually quite enjoying it because it's just hourly based and um it just takes a few hours a week, so it's not it's not too bad. But yeah, so quite well, a lot. Now I know actually. where all your time goes. Yeah, and I feel like that, there's that, something that, else. That's as a list. Well. Eh? That is a list. <laughs> yeah, but I don't write content for Project Pack, so it would only be so for Client Portal. My content is more case studies. That's the more useful thing for people. They want to see example portals, so it's not really writing. And then it's like product updates, which is super easy to write. But I'm not trying to make Client Portal into a educational hub. Design Academy is the thing where I need to write content for. It's like the educational part. Project Pack, I don't have any content that I write. I'm not planning on pursuing the whole client retainer thing. So I've got no, I don't even have a website for that. So there's no content for that. So it's actually really just Design Academy that I need to write content for. Yeah, so it's not too bad in terms of content, but back to the whole shiny object syndrome and lack of focus that is yeah definitely a struggle because i'm just one person and i don't have a massive team behind me well do you have do you have other sort of potential shiny objects going on right now i mean are are there other things calling you in other directions um nothing new but there's just the difficult part about having so many products is over time you just want to redo them all always because you just think of better ways to do it and i I want to redo all my project packs and just add new things to it and make it and just even better. I want to do little supplementary courses for Design Academy. There's just all this extra stuff that's in my head that I want to do. And the thing that I've, I tend to do, which I've stopped doing now, is I'll have an idea of something that I'll want to either create or build a different business or redo something and I'll send an email out to my list saying hey I'm thinking of doing this are you interested and then inevitably I'll get dozens of replies saying yeah I'm interested yeah this would be great amazing Um, and then then I have to do it and that worked a few years ago when I needed the accountability I had the time I was just not using the time effectively 
and I just needed people to be waiting for something to get me to do it. It doesn't work anymore though because now I I physically don't have the time to be committing to all this extra stuff. So I've stopped myself every time I've opened up ConvertKit and gone to write an email about something that I've got in my head that I would quite like to do. I've stopped myself and I'm saying no. If I do it, I'm going to do it and then tell people after it's already done because I can't take the pressure of uh, that's not marketing that's reverse marketing it is yeah it's it's crazy it's uh yeah it doesn't make any sense <laughs> yeah when you already have all of those products that are working and selling and, and people are sort of well one question actually would be was are people asking for updates on these on these like the project pack and and sort of are customers or potential customers asking for these things or is it just something that you feel you want to do or yeah you know, no. is this an internal or external thing yeah it's definitely just me like I, I get the odd pe- person ask and but no typically people aren't saying hey where's an update they're pretty happy with things as they are so it's even more I think I really do enjoy creating things I, I really like building products and creating them and I love doing that so a lot of it's it's fun for me um in a way, it's but is more... it all fun? This, see, this is a big thing for me. Is the whole process fun or is there no. something or some part of that process that is more fun? Because I know for me there is. The beginning and the end are the fun parts. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Good. It's not just me. It's then. so easy, isn't it? It's so easy to get pumped and to get, you know, super excited. And I think we went through the same thing with the podcast now, you know, when all of a sudden it's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get, you know, something else to get excited about. Yeah. Everything that else in between is going to be the, the the true sort of test of, you know, consistency, same as anything. And I think for me, I'm, and this has been a criticism both on my personal life and in business life, this lack of consistency, you know. Yeah. Um, and it really affects everything you do. It affects everything I do. I know um, just from uh, an example from a month or two ago, I said that, I, said, I think I said on Twitter or something, or maybe to my list that I was going to be looking for... Oh, I was going to start publishing uh, chapters of the book to to my list, and in fact, I think we spoke about this briefly. And I did, I did send the first chapter after, and I didn't do anything else after that. And it's not because I don't want to; it's because a thousand other things come up, and then once, and so I probably feel guilty for a few days after that. But then, as soon as enough things come in and fill that space in my brain, it just gets pushed out, and I and I completely forget about it, and I'm I'm, I'm on to the next loop of. Uh, well, what should I be working on now? Or what's going to give me that endorphin kick or dopamine kick now to make me feel good about working? And then, want, you know, and it, it just goes round and round until in the end, you don't actually get an awful lot done until something, and there's, until there's a big enough like jolt to make you say, oh shit, okay, I need to focus on this now because whatever, maybe there's a release date or a launch date or you have enough people saying, hey, you you promised this and it's not here or, you know, you're going to run out of money in, in five months time and, you know, something needs to happen. So I find it, but I find it very, very difficult. And that shiny object thing is, I mean, I know it's it's the bane of any uh, indie, whatever you want to call them, entrepreneur's life. You know, the continual joke of how many domains do you own? You know, every time you have that new idea, just go and buy that new domain. We'll do something with it one day and inevitably yeah. you don't. It's, it's a real nightmare. Yeah. So I've been thinking a lot about it, obviously, since we said we were doing this episode. And I'm curious as to what you think. Do you think that, do you think that 
people should just have one thing they focus on. Do you think shiny, put it another way, do you think shiny object syndrome can ever be a good thing or is it always bad? I think there are people that would argue for and against both sides. Um, this is, For some reason, this has become quite a, a sort of, not a trending topic, but it's coming up more and more on Twitter at the moment. Those that, and it's always the case, isn't it? Those that have decided to close down all their small projects and focus on one larger one are suddenly seeing, you know, an increased success rate on their project of choice, which stands to reason. Obviously, if you only focus on one but then there are others as well that are just as vocal of on having you know eight nine ten tiny little projects whether they're books or courses whatever you know and they're bringing in a, a decent revenue stream and the argument for um what if one thing fails or if one thing goes wrong then you have all these alternate streams coming in i i would definitely myself like to have streams of revenue coming in from different places uh, as more as a backup than anything else but I know for a fact as well, because I know myself, that if Feature Flux were to get to a point where it was bringing in enough revenue, I would be quite happy to say, okay, this is my primary focus now. And I am I would almost put everything else to the back, you know. The book, if that's selling, then fine, that'll be on, that'll tick over, and maybe the email course or the video course or whatever. I think it's... Um, I think it depends where you are, because I think if you launch a product and you suddenly see, oh, wow, it's getting some really serious traction, then I think why would you continue to sort of split your time and your stress levels and your the few hours you have available to you to do so many things? But I would ask that question of you, because Client Portal is by far your your most successful product, right? And the kind of the mainstay of your income. Yeah. So this is it's this so is So why difficult... all the other projects? <laughs> yeah, I don't know because I um if I were giving myself advice or if I was someone else was giving me advice, I would say just focus on client portal. And actually people say that to me all the time. Just what are you doing? And And what I'm, do you say to them? I say I don't know. I don't know why I don't I don't know there's so the for me stability is really important and safety is really important that's like a big mm. reason why I do what I do I actually feel like working for yourself is more stable than having a job because you know someone can just fire you tomorrow and that's it so I'm I'm really big on stability and focusing on just one product makes me nervous in case something happened or you know, some something else got released and they just completely wiped me out. They had a ton of investment or something. And what would I do then? So I like having multiple revenue streams. And that's actually the reason I've started this, these retainer projects is because uh, here in the UK, there's just the, the news just is sort of kind of scary. It's all this cost of living stuff's going up. There's a huge mm. recession looming. And I think it's, I think it's worldwide. Like it's pretty much yeah, everywhere. It is, yeah. Um, and despite the fact that I'm fine and I haven't noticed really, I've noticed like a little, I've noticed a little bit of a change in um, client portal sales, but nothing drastic enough for me to be too worried, to be honest. I just thought, actually, I want I want to feel like I've got something to fall back on if I needed to. And I wasn't even sure, could I ever go back to client work? Like, what if everything failed and I needed to do that? Am I even capable? So it was sort of like a way for me to test the waters. Can I get clients? Can I have this? Well, you did a good job on that because you didn't even get have time to get a website up, right? <laughs> no, I, I sent like a, a couple of tweets just saying about I'm thinking of doing this. And then all the spots got sold out just from 
a couple of tweets in a Google Doc that never even made it live. I think I've sent it to that's you. A, but that's amazing. I think like three, three or four people have access to that Google Doc that, <laughs> and it so it went really well. So I'm like, cool, that actually really worked, and I've been really enjoying it. And it's nice. It's just nice knowing that if anything happened, I've got that to fall back on. Do I need to do it? No. Um, should I be doing it? I don't know. Probably not. But I am. So yeah. It's strange. But it, do you think there's some kind of creative need there as well that, you know, if you if you just focused on one project that it can become, because there is a point, obviously, and I don't know what it's like for Client Portal because it's it's a yearly subscription, right? Not a monthly subscription? Yeah, but the okay, yearly so, subscription's optional, so it's just okay. for support and updates. Okay, so it's slightly different, but what I was going to say was that once your project, side project, whatever, becomes a business then it changes and you change as well. Like your role within that project changes. You suddenly become a business owner as opposed to a designer, a developer, a marketer or whatever it is that you are. And you suddenly have to take care of all these other areas that you'd never imagined working on before. I remember that happened with Nusi. You know, I stopped I stopped being a designer and I suddenly became this business owner that had to do everything, you know, from customer support to, to marketing, to writing content, to going on uh, podcasts, to, you know, all this crap that you, th- you never wanted to do and probably didn't, you know, it wasn't something that I enjoyed either. So I think there's a way to maintain that level of interest by broadening that sort of scope and saying, okay, well, here's another little project here and here's another project here where I can continue to be that designer, that developer, that marketer, you know, and and, and keep the fun there. Because I think it's easy to lose um it's easy to lose interest in a in a in a project or a business once it goes beyond what you initially yeah. thought it was going to be. Yeah, that's a good point. I think because there there's a difference between what you say you could do if you had the time versus what you will do when you get that time. So in times where I have had a lot of time and maybe less projects going on, was I getting more done for Client Portal or Design Academy or whichever was my biggest project at the time? Probably not, to be honest, because maybe this, I don't think this is just a me thing. I think this is fairly common, but you tend to just fill your time, not always doing the things that you should be doing. And if you've got, if you have less time of, often you get more done because you just don't have the option of not doing it. When you've got lots of time, you maybe say, oh, I'll just, I I need to do this first. I need to do this now. And I think that's when shiny object syndrome can be a problem is if it's, if you're doing it because you're putting off doing something that you don't want to do. So I see a lot of people buy lots of domain names and have lots of different ideas when they get close to maybe launching something, they like jump onto something else. And I think it's because they're maybe scared of launching. I think that's a big part of it. I I think procrastination comes in and that fear as well. The closer you get to launch, the more difficult it becomes to finish, doesn't it? And so therefore there's that, I don't know whether it is that search that for that next hit of dopamine or whatever. So it's just like, here's another, here's another domain name kind of thing. So there is, almost battling against that, I don't know what that capability to finish or to succeed or to maybe, maybe that whole fear of failure thing comes in. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist, but it's easier to move on to another project and start it than it is to finish one and get out the door and see what the response is, see whether anyone's interested. Hopefully we've done enough research prior, but you never know 100%, do you, before that 
before that gets out the door. So yeah, it's difficult. Well, shiny object, shiny object syndrome. There, there it is. I don't know. Uh, you just have to figure out how you can manage it and decide for yourself whether, and be honest with yourself as to whether you're doing this because it really excites you and you want to do it and you think it'll do really well, or whether is there anything else that you're putting off in place of it and do you need to do it and do you want everything that comes from doing that because like you say when you launch something if it does go well um, then you have customer support and you have updates to make and you have all the less fun stuff that comes with building a business yeah. so you have to make sure you're okay with it but yeah I think yeah I think shiny object syndrome can be okay because especially when you're just starting out and you're trying to find a good product you don't want to go all in on something it's sort of good to try a few different things. But yeah, I don't know. I I just, I, I struggle with this one because I don't know if what I'm saying is I'm saying it because it's the right answer or whether I'm saying it to justify my own shiny object syndrome. Yeah, I don't think there is any right or wrong here. Like like you said before, you know, we see people who thrive on both um, who, and who can make it work on both. I guess the only difference is, like you said, is this, the justification you give to yourself the reasons for for doing it or for not doing it, you know, so only we can know <laughs> on a personal level whether it's the right or wrong thing for us. Yeah, for me, I don't know. Probably focusing would be a good thing, a better thing. But that doesn't mean to say that I don't want to get these three products out the door <laughs> and working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, All right, cool. Good. Well, should we, should we leave it there then? Yeah, I think that's a good um, place to leave it. If anyone's got any feedback on what we're doing uh, or wants to leave any comments or any questions that we might be able to sort of field, uh, you can reach us on uh, podcast at the nontechfounders.com. So it's podcast at the nontechfounders.com. Awesome. Cool. All right then, Laura. All right. See you next time. Great to chat. Bye-bye. Bye.